This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. Checking in from an absolutely enchanted part of the world, uh, Taos, New Mexico. I'm here at the, uh, I guess it's the Phoenix House, is that correct? Yeah. And the Earthship subdivision outside of, or inside of Taos? Yeah, to Earthship subdivision, uh, it's about, oh, 15 minutes outside of Taos. Really close to the airport. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because I'm here, actually, we're in a very enchanted part of my <coughs> life where we decided to drop everything in Austin, like just check out, pack our stuff in our car and check out, I, I drove my daughter to check out this retreat center in New Mexico that's not too far from here, and uh, we're looking to see about acquiring it, and on the way here, it was right when it was time to stop, we started looking up Airbnbs, and there was an Earthship available, and I've heard so much about this, and this is just right up my alley at this time of my life, I'm like, oh, let's definitely get this spot there. While I was there, I shot this community, uh, this video called uh, it's a breaking normal newsflash with my daughter called Home is Not a House. And then I find out that there's kind of a, a wizard of sorts behind the scenes of what's going on out here. And he's featured in a film called Garbage Warrior. So I downloaded that last night and watched it. And man, for this podcast, this, the schedule seems to be synchronicity. And I'm in the thick of it. And... I know in that film last night that I watched, which is awesome, by the way, you mentioned a lot of uh, uh, magic. You mentioned a lot about magic in that film. And I'm curious, what is magic to you, Mike? And and what that film means to you? And like what like what that film portrayed is, is it still accurate to what's going on today? What's shifted since then? I'd love to get a catch up since that's what I know about you thus far. Well, the the film was done about 10 years ago. Uh, I had nothing to do with the film, really. It was just another guy wanting to do a documentary. A lot of people do documentaries on this for various reasons. Environmental, sustainable, freaky, unique, whatever. And it was just another one of those, but he was talented. And he gave up his life for about three years to just follow us and be around for whatever was happening to us. And strangely enough, you know, the tsunami in uh, India happened and we went and the, um, I decided to introduce a law cause I'd been fighting the law and losing for so long. I decided to go to the legislature and introduce a law. And that turned out to be a lot of, footage for this guy and then he was uh, he was an artist he put it together in a way that made it a story not just a a boring documentary and he it was all him i mean uh i actually got sick of him he was around for you know in my life in my face with a big seven thousand dollar camera and i just tell him you know shut the hell up you know <laughs> get away but I was rude to him and everything, but we became really good friends and we traveled a lot and everything. So, but I think the the move, I think the content of that movie was, yeah, it was, it was good content for sure. But I think the the success of the movie was due to he he was an artist at putting it all together. So 
that and and the and the stuff that he put together is still going on. Yes, the there there could easily be a you know a Rocky two and a Rocky three because the the same thing is still going on. Only more so, more things are happening, uh, more global uh, activities, and it is uh, it is an ongoing thing that's even got more potency now than it did then. So yes, the 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 movie is uh, being lived on. Amazing. Um, and for the people that don't know, uh, let's just take, get a basic step back. And I would love to know the, just the coconut shell answer to these simple questions. Like, firstly, what is an Earthship? An Earthship is a vessel that encounters the phenomena of the planet Earth to provide sustenance for people. Wow. Okay. And we are currently in one right now, and it looks like we have a, um, a we're in a farm or a garden of sorts inside. Well, and and that is because you out in the earth, you humans can't live without plants. Plants are our plants don't need humans. Humans need plants. So we. Uh, we don't put plants in here just for for decoration. The plants that you're seeing in this room are are the half of the sewage system, and the plants that are in the outer greenhouse are the other half. So they you're looking when you see all these plants, you're seeing a sewage treatment situation. And you know I was just shown a uh, by a bunch of proud uh, municipality people in Canary Islands. Uh, their sewage treatment plant and as soon as I got out of the car it stunk you know and it was a factory type thing and that's that's what people call sewage treatment something you don't want to live with well here you're we're sitting in a living room that has sewage running through it it's it's a sewage treatment plant because sewage is essentially gold uh, and so and, and it's the same way with garbage we build out of garbage garbage we look at, we want your garbage and we want your sewage because we know how to transform them. True alchemy. And this is, I'm, I'm amazed. Personally, I interviewed a guy named Naveen Jain who is now, has a company that takes people's poop samples as a way of test, test, testing their overall health by analyzing the gut. And I highly recommend people checking out that episode. That's crazy. And I hear you, like, that's what he's looking at. It's like poop is gold. And I might I add that in this living room that we're in that has, I guess, this exposed sewage system in a way, it is one of the best atmospheres in the world. Um, I don't know, Mike might not know this about me, but I've been traveling for about 11 years. I've seen so many different types of retreat centers, houses, villas, dwellings, teepees, yurts. Um, even some of my friends that build kind of earth homes like this in Washington. And the Airbnb we had the other night, I guess it was Kirsten's home. That house is—it was a complete game changer. We we came up here looking at a retreat center, and we're like, "Well, we gotta get an earthship on the house. This is the best. I've, I don't know of a better atmosphere to call a house." Yeah, they're 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 machines, really. And you know, Kirsten used to work with us, and she built one or two, and <clears throat> lives in one, and they. It, it, to me, it's kind of a microcosm of the Earth. We're encountering the phenomena of the Earth, and in this machine, 
and so there's definitely going to be plants and and the plants produce food uh you walk down that greenhouse hallway over there you're going to smell jasmine gardenias getting ready to burst open um you're going to have food and flowers but plants uh, filter the air and they suck up sewage and they produce food and they produce oxygen and it's just plants are our allies i cannot say enough for plants i wish i was one i mean they are the earth and so we're living with plants and strangely enough there you know there are a lot of people that don't want to live with plants yet <laughs> you know the earth is plants so it's like a crazy thing that that people don't want to live with plants that's why we're killing all the plants on the earth and that's why we'll be dead when we do so we're trying to bring back the understanding and awareness of plants but they're a necessity yes thank you thank you for speaking uh english on behalf of the plants in such an eloquent way i i hear you um can you explain this? How does the sewage system work for? I I don't I don't know plumbing that well, but I do love water. Well, it's not really plumbing. As a matter of fact, I call it plumbing without plumbing. But uh, the the concept is you catch water from the sky on your roof, runs into a cistern. The cistern runs into a an, what you call it a water organizing module that basically filters it and pressurizes it so that the water that comes out your tap is just like any other tap in any other house only it's probably cleaner and not hard because it's rainwater. then you take a shower in that water and that water from your shower goes into a rubber lined cell we call it a botanical cell these these plant gardens right next to us are rubber lined about three feet deep and the shower water comes in here and it runs linear through there and at the end of the line uh, we pick it back up with a submersible pump and it's on call for when the toilet flushes so when the toilet flushes it flushes with your shower water from the day before and the reason that water is not murky or whatever is because we circulate it all day long back and forth from the beginning to the end with a solar pump. So it's just the plant botanical cell is simply a giant filter that one, waters plants, and two, provides you used water to flush your toilet with. Why flush a toilet with brand new, fresh, precious water? So we flush with that water. And then it goes out into an anaerobic processor, which is a glorified septic tank. And then that goes, the affluent from that, when the solids break down, goes into another botanical cell that's enclosed by a greenhouse. And that water is used for plants. So the point is, no drop of water ever leaves this home. And it supplies all of your various water needs from drinking to bathing to using the toilet and to to watering plants and landscaping so we can we conserve every drop of water and if every building on earth did that we would certainly have no water problems and we'd be greening up cities wow all right so thank you for that explanation i understand it much better now the filter does it 
what how does it what's the treatment of the water for to make it drinking drinkable well once you shower and use the water we don't you can there are processes to make it drinkable again we don't even do that it's not necessary we take the we take the water from the sky through the roof and the cistern and we run it through a ceramic filter and we drink it it's great but then once we start it into this process of gray water planters that you gather the water again and flush with and you gather it again to do landscaping inside or out we don't we don't drink it after that we just use it for the other other uses like flushing the toilet and watering plants so the the whole process is getting four uses out of water whereas normally we use a, a brand new five gallons of water for every activity that we do now we use the same five gallons of water for showering for watering plants for flushing the toilet and for landscaping it's the same five gallons of water water is a reusable item yeah and i, I understand that and i'm i love this topic what i was curious about is that the drinking is it uv zapped or is there anything added to it or is it just pure rainwater? it's pure rainwater run through a ceramic drinking filter these ceramic drinking filters you can put in a in a sewer and drink the water that comes out of them it's a ceramic it it's a bacteria filter it filters out bacteria okay and then um <coughs> i definitely if y'all want to see some footage of the houses i i on that breaking normal news flash which you can find on my instagram or youtube i um has some film of the ha- film of the house and you can see it and i talk about that um the in regular municipal water supplies that they they add white powder and I'm curious, uh, like, what that, why, what, what is that? What's going on with city water having the white powder added into it? And what is that white powder? <laughs> yeah. Well, some people won't drink water uh, in certain cities because they know it's contaminated or whatever. <clears throat> I don't drink water in any city because it's full of chlorine and fluoride. In other words, it's, you, if you, go to any city and drink straight water from a tap, it smells like a swimming pool. A lot of restaurants, the water smells like a swimming pool because they think it's good to add chlorine to kill all bacteria and fluoride to do whatever fluoride does, and both of them are are horrible things. We're just filtering out the bacteria through a ceramic filter. We do not have any additive. And we, you know, the... The nature of humanity at this point is that we we introduce things that kill and destroy certain things we don't want, but we have no future look at what those things actually do to us. So it's just, we're going back to natural rainwater and drinking it. Amen. Thank you for doing that. Um, that that I lived in San Diego when we our daughter was first birthed, and uh, the water situation there was pretty rough. Even thinking about putting her in the bath. Yeah, well, you well your skin absorbs, you know, um, it, it absorbs anything that's on it. It absorbs it. So, so yeah, putting putting a child in a a bath full of fluoride and chlorine, even though they may not drink it, it's still horrible. And and water is the most significant and precious thing uh, 
that that we can experience on this planet in terms of life and we're we think we're we're so arrogant that we're pouring chlorine and fluoride in this water and all we're wanting to do is get the water that falls from the sky and get it and be in charge of it ourselves that's that's one of the most important things i think uh about these buildings this thing that we're doing is we're in charge of our water no municipality no government no corporation is delivering our water to us selling it to us messing with it whatever it is our water from the sky no middleman the sky to us is our water and that's pure water and and that's the truth in other words i think one one way i look at these buildings is that they they are the truth you you know the sky and the rain they can't lie they don't they don't lie to you they don't they don't uh uh conceal anything from you water that falls from the sky will flood and drown you if you if you don't have it figured out or water that falls in the sky will save you but it speaks the truth constantly and nothing else on this planet from religion to politics to economics speaks the truth and i think these buildings are are an introduction to truth yeah well thank you for sharing that and thank you for sharing the passion that's obviously beyond the perspective because the physical proof is here and we're in it and it's meant a lot to me um in this short period of time that i've even visited and uh you know you mentioned the politics thing and in, in the film <clears throat> there was a law that you were what what so people know what exactly what mission were you on and why were you getting the bills or trying to get a bill passed what was that well um since 69 really <clears throat> when i came out here uh i have been you know building with garbage running shit through the living room uh you know do, doing these things and they scared people it's it scared people it scared architects it scared engineers it scared politicians it scared inspectors uh, and and i i understand that and I think that um, to I I thought this was necessary to go in this direction and learn, and I think that that process is what has uh, caused me. It's caused me a lot of trouble to to move in this direction, but I'm I'm seeing that I keep learning. I keep learning. I keep learning. So uh, I'm learning how to absolutely live a different way and I think the law that we introduced was a result of fighting the law and losing hiding from the law just blatantly breaking the law none of those things worked and all I did was get in a lot of trouble so I decided I decided uh, well I'm gonna join them and uh, and it, it took me four years, but I wrote a law, and it took me four years of them watering it down and messing with it, but I got it passed. The governor signed it. It was an act. The New Mexico Sustainable Testing Sites Act. 
that allowed us to test living methods. We test automobiles, we test airplanes, we even, we certainly test drugs because we test them on people and some of them work and some of them kill people. But we test everything else. Why can't we test methods of living? That's what the law was about. I got it passed. But it's, to tell you the truth, it was four years. It was, it was, I would never do it again. I would never join legislation again. It showed me that, yes, that is also bullshit. I, I think now my, my game plan, after fighting the law and losing, avoiding the law, breaking the law, and joining the law, none of those work. I think the thing now is I'm, the word I like to describe it is I'm transcending the law. I'm not in conflict with anybody or anything regarding this, this direction we're going now, yet there are conflicts along the way. Um, I, think it's, I think it's best to transcend it. To, uh, and by transcend, I don't mean anything you know, super spacey by that. I just mean, I mean, I want to present a way, and we're doing it, where I don't need... Uh, anything that the the dogma provides i'm not fighting the dogma i'm not telling the dogma uh that it's wrong i just don't need it i just don't engage i'm just not here <laughs> well you mentioned the direction that you're going in um i'm curious what is the direction you're going in for this passion project or whatever however you would describe it and if someone because for myself, I'm like, man, I'm intrigued. I'm, I want to support this mission. So if someone wants to support it or be a part of it, the direction it's going in as well, I would love to know the exploration to that question. Well, um, I think this, I look at this, I didn't start it with this in mind. I, as a matter of fact, I had nothing in mind when I started this. I was, I, I was just trying to take care of myself in a very... You know, I was trying to take care of myself out here in northern New Mexico. And uh, and people started saying, well, I want that too. Can you help me get that or whatever? And so I, it turned into way more than I had anticipated. And it's, it is now what I call a virus. It's, it's a virus that, see, I don't, if I'm going to sneeze on you, and give you a virus, I don't have to, I don't have to uh, beg you to let me sneeze on you, or tell you I'm going to sneeze on you, or convince you that sneezing on you is going to help you, or whatever. I'm just here, and I'm contagious, <laughs> and it's an infection, and you can get it, and yeah, you can probably get some kind of something to uh, to kill it, but. Um, it's a virus, and it's like, I've got it, and I'm infected, and so other people are hanging out with us and getting infected, and that's, that's it. it's the best way to, to look at it. We're not convincing anybody. Yeah, we have academy and, and courses and things like that where we tell, just like this podcast, we tell people what we're doing, but we really, it's, it's up to you if it works for you, but here's the thing. It works for you because you need water. <laughs> I mean, I haven't come up with anybody 
that has told me, I haven't found anybody that has illustrated to me that they don't need water. So I'm like, this is unarguable stuff here. This is not trying to convince you that democracy is the way, trying to convince you that Catholicism is the way, or Jesus is the way, or economics is the way. We don't convince anybody of anything. They're thirsty. We got water. <laughs> it's, it is that simple. It is, I, I had a black dog, big fluffy black dog. He hung out with me all the time, and I'm on the jobs and working and everything. I noticed in the summertime, it gets hotter than hell here. In the summertime, he'd be laying in the shade. And in the wintertime, he'd be laying in the sun. That's how simple everything that we're doing is. We don't have to convince the dog to lay in the shade. Oh, come over here. It's cooler. Or he knew. People know when it's right. You don't have to convince people of the truth. They see it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I see it. I see it, and I love, I love the water, <coughs> the water metaphor. And I, I do want to just highlight my astonishment and the, con- the vibe that these Earth ships contain. Yeah, I want to just let that marinate. You gotta check, you gotta check it out. Um. So let's say, for instance, we we move an hour from here and we want to get one of these built. What's that look like? Well, I've had a lot of learning experiences on how to how to get this to people. In other words, uh, I just did a history class in the academy today of the Earthship, and one of the things I I showed him was that uh, I don't know. Two or th- three or four decades ago, I was living out in the desert not too far from here in, in the early version of one of these, and I had everything. I had everything that this building has, only not not quite as uh, flamboyant and not near as flamboyant, but I had everything. And so I was like, I could wake up in the morning because I had water, I had sewage treatment, I had pl- food, I had heating and cooling, I had electricity. I built the building myself, so I owned it. I could wake up in the morning and go, what do I want to do today? Do I want to play my guitar, uh, run in the desert? Uh, what do I want to do? I owned my life. And I got so happy that I actually got scared how happy I got. Now, this is with not drugs or anything. This is just happiness to the point of fear <laughs> I mean it was that's, that's about the way I have to describe it and it was I started thinking then what if seven billion people had this what kind of a planet would this be and so that's what caused me to just not be myself happy out on the mesa uh, by myself what if I try to get this, make this available to people? Now, I had to be very careful because I don't want to, I didn't want to convince people or sell them on anything or anything or promise them anything or anything. I just wanted to expose them like a virus to this. And I still made a lot of mistakes and everything along the way. And and then I tried to get it, uh, I tried to just make buildings that showed this and they were weird looking and then I, 
I got them less weird looking to be a little bit more <clears throat> conventional looking. And then they were expensive, so I got them conventional looking, a uh, little bit more conventional looking, and about the same price as regular housing, but regular housing's too expensive, so I had to get it uh, less expensive. And so now, it, a part of the stuff I'm learning, part, you know, I know how to do this. I know how to make these buildings. Not that I won't get better every year, but I know how to do it. What I didn't know how to do is get them, make them available to people. We have come up with something in the last few years that that I think is a way, if not the way. It's an app. We have an app where it's it, the app costs $9.99. It has complete in it a set or several sets of construction drawings for how to build these buildings, various models. You can send them to your computer, print them out, 11 by 17, and and build your building with 30-page set of construction drawings, architectural drawings for a machine, not just a building. They get permits with these, everything. And cost, uh, costs of materials, materials lists, everything. So what I'm saying is it's as close to open source as you can get, and we're making that available to people because I've had, before I got this idea, let's say, I would have clients, and I would, you know, and since they're a client and I'm an architect or I'm an architect in other places besides New Mexico, you got to charge them for the drawings and you got to deal with them as a client, and that is a nightmare. Um, you, you, you're, no client situation is going to be that thrilling. I want them to be able to pick it like an apple from a tree, and you don't, pick an apple from a tree and bite into it and get a worm and blame the tree. You know what I mean? You you pick an apple from a tree, you bite into it and get a worm, you pick another one. It's easy. I want to make it easy for people to pick this life from a tree and not have me at the helm of it, have it just be available. Make it available to people so that they can basically pick it from an iPhone and make their life because I've got 50 years into demonstrating how this works and evolving and developing how this works and it's got to be that easy it you know I'm I don't give a damn about becoming a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever uh, I care about this happening for everybody not because of morals or because I really even care I I want it because um, it will make the world a better place for me if everybody's happy wow okay so that first of all what's the name of the app the app is in in your app store on iPhone or our uh, what do you call it Android um, it's called the Simple Survival Earthship app, and people are buying it, and we're like when we're doing two builds right now. Where's where I should be right now, working with my crew building this very simple building we call the Encounter, and another one we call the Simple Survival. We're doing two, and on Instagram we post every day's work, free, you know, uh, that shows the details of these buildings, and then if you get the app. You 
have a set of construction drawings and costs of materials and uh, 3D views and everything showing you what these uh, videos are showing. In, in other words, we're taking you through from the ground up on how to build one of these buildings. I mean, the details of the gray water, the details of the structure. We're putting it out there and making it, a, you know, they say that the, the techie people tell me that anything under $26 is called, it, it qualifies as open source. This is under $10, so it certainly qualifies as open source. And so we're open sourcing this information, and it's working. It's people are, people are getting it. We're getting better at doing it and presenting it. And so that's the way to do it. Better than a law, better than, better than uh, uh, any other method, we are putting it out there. Everything we've learned in 50 years, and and it, you know it's good. We can, you know, we can make a building that'll take care of you. And what we want to do is show you how to do it for yourself. Wow. Um, so for a family of like my family, wife, daughter, dog, let's say another baby in the next five years. And uh, the man of simplicity, maybe two bedrooms, and then how that, how the, this is set up on a smaller scale. How long do you think that would take to build with how much manpower and how much cost, roughly? Well, at this point, you've seen how people have done it. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different ways to do it, and so many different people. Some people do not want to get involved. They, they. They don't want to get their hands dirty. They want somebody to do it for them. It's going to cost them more than the aggressive young 30-year-old person who wants to get out there and work, and this gives him know-how and how to do it. So it, it's different for everybody. And also one of the things I tell right off the bat is, is go in small. In other words, everybody comes to an architect with their dream home, and they always want way, way more than they can afford. And what that's why we have this concept called simple survival. We advise people, start off with a simple thing that will take care of you and learn how to do it and add to it and add to it and add to it. But what I've observed from that is people start out with that and then maybe they add to it a little and maybe they say, okay, I'm happy. I've, I don't have a mortgage payment, and I've got everything I need, and that's enough. I've got a life. See, the way the world is set up now for the developed world, you get a mortgage payment for 25 years, and you don't have a life for that 25 years. You have to look for retirement. So you you work at a job you don't necessarily like to make your mortgage payments and your utility bills, and then when you're 65 and too old to do damn any damn near anything, you you retire and you have a bit of a life and you die. <laughs> I want life now for people. I want people to be having a life beyond economy and beyond beyond everything. And I th I think it's possible. And it's it's more than just green or sustainable or ecological or anything. It is simply living now. 
Yeah, this uh, interview is very synchronous with the previous one with Raj Lahodi or two behind this, where we talk about the gift economy. I, I guess the schedule of synchronicity is bringing in a golden thread that maybe is even better than I planned for, and it's awesome sitting here with you talking about these, you know, teaching people how to fish, metaphorically. And, uh, yeah, it means a lot to me. It's a big deal. And I'm excited to check out that app. The app is... Um it's a work in progress. It's been out almost three years, I think. How long did it take you to build the app? <laughs> well, we're still building it. The app, like everything else, is a work in progress. I'll tell you, the first year it was a piece of junk. Uh, people got it, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like, I, 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 I don't know uh, how to run something like that, how to do something like that. And then I started learning a little bit and more and more. It's pretty simple now, and it's pretty, like, there is, there's a whole book on the app. Like, we have a, a, a book, the Coming of Wizards book, the book that is the foundation of thinking for all of this, in color illustrations, um, and it's, uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it, probably a 250-page book. It's on the app. That alone, we there. There it is. That green book over there. That book sells for thirty dollars as a book, but we it's out of print. We've sold them out, and we're not printing anymore. We put it on the app. No, no uh, carbon footprint. No trees. No paper. No shipping. No anything. It's in cyberspace. It's on the app. So that whole book is on the app that sold for thirty dollars, and the app itself is only nine ninety nine. But that's that's almost the least important pragmatic thing on the app because the app has got various sets, several sets of construction drawings that are architectural construction drawings that you print out and you send to your computer and print out and you have a set of construction drawings to build by and or get a permit by. So the app is starting to be a thing that we can do. my my vision with the app now I've been learning with it for three years I'm going to put everything that's inside my skull in that app for nine dollars and ninety nine cents and and for fifty sixty seventy years of learning to put that out there in an app is going to be worth it and it's going to be something that will uh, be available to people. To, that's the thing I want now is to make this available to people because, it, and again, it's not a, a goody two-shoes thing of wanting to help people or anything. It's like I, I say there's 7 billion people on the planet. Well, I imagine myself on a bus with 70 people. Okay, how good of a bus ride am I going to have if I'm sitting there with a dripping bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich so good on really good bread, and I'm eating it. And there's 69 other people around me that don't have anything. It's not going to be that comfortable to eat that sandwich. <laughs> They're going to kill me probably. But what I want, the only way I can find comfort and peace is if every one of them has the same kind of sandwich and knows how to get it. Then I can eat my fucking sandwich in peace. <laughs> 
And these, um, the, with the, with this set of instructions and someone getting their hands in the dirt and getting support, these can be built anywhere? Uh, yes, we do them all over the world. We've done them southern tip of Argentina, near the Antarctica, Ushuaia. We've done them in Philippines. We've done them in Jamaica. We're getting ready to go to Haiti. We're getting ready to go to Australia. Um, we uh, China, we just got November. We did one in Japan, earthquake proof. Uh, pretty much every you can name a country. You know, we we the Indonesia they gave us an island called it Earthship Island. Started working there. It turns out that, that they didn't really give us the island. But um, but anyway, we've done it everywhere, and it's like. It works in tropics, it works in frigid cold, it works everywhere. The point is, you're encountering the phenomena of the planet to give you sustenance. And in the film, when y'all went to uh, where disaster struck in Indonesia, y'all were building building a place for them to collect water, right? Was that the... Yeah, it, yeah, it was, um, it was Andaman Islands in India, and they... You know that when whenever there's a disaster like that, and there's getting to be a lot more of them, <coughs> whenever that happens, uh, the people need. There's a hole. I call it a hole in dogma, because the people are desperate. They'll take anything, if they'll give them water, if they'll give them shelter, if they'll give them sanitation. Those are the things, and I'm saying, okay, we know how to do that because we're doing it all the time, but. It caused us to learn, wait a second, you don't need a disaster to realize that we all need water. We all need shelter. We all need sanitation. In other words, there's the immediate disaster, and then there's the overall disaster that is human life on Earth. And that's the disaster we're responding to. We go practice after a hurricane. We're in Puerto Rico next month uh, to, you know, they had the hurricane. So we're going down there. We've been down there three times already. And we're getting to do this because it's a hole in dogma. We're getting to do this down there, and it's working. So the thing is, the disasters get us an opportunity and teach us and let us demonstrate while we are really seeing human life on Earth as a disaster. This conversation reminds me a lot of Ishmael, the book from Daniel Quinn. Have you ever heard of that? By any chance? I've heard of it. Yeah, uh, that's a. I bet you would enjoy that. Oh man, there's just so many things here. I guess I'm curious. I know as our time constraint gets closer, was there? Did you remember a time when you were not into this? Did something strike you? Did you have an epiphany? What like what? Or was this just innate and you followed this thread since the beginning? Well. Uh, n- no, I think this was always in me, and I think back to childhood things and and see it. But but I don't think it's just in me. I think it's in everybody. I think this thing is inherent. Uh, I'm simply recognizing it, but this thinking is inherent in everybody.
Yeah. Yep, I do not disagree about that. Is there anything else on your heart or mind that you want to make sure that is addressed while we're here together sharing sharing the good word with the good people? Well, I I think that the the direction that we are that we are going in uh, we're we're wanting it to be available to everyone but we know that there will be things blocking people from doing it from uh, you know from politics to economics to whatever but uh, I think the biggest blockage I have seen in the 50 years I've been doing this is people themselves. They they don't let themselves, whether they believe in it or not, they don't let themselves out of the the box that they have been in. And, and we sort of have defined this thing. I kind of think it's the curse of intellect. <laughs> you know, we have gotten so smart and intellectual that we have uh, defined ourselves out of existence. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and one of the takeaway messages on the film that I kind of was felt like the resonant message from you at that time was about that rules are meant to be broken. Uh, do you have anything to add to that since the decade has passed? Well, and I know you said more in the film, but I just kind of summarizing it's, it. It's easier to say rules are meant to be broken, but they're a guideline. You know, they're a a guideline that anything that you make rigid is is deadly. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's, it is a good rule not to speed in traffic. So, your wife is about to hatch a baby on the floor of your car right beside you and you're trying to get to the hospital. Are you going to not speed? You know what I mean? You've got to make some decisions over and above the rules. The rules are generally, yes, it's safer for everybody if I don't speed in traffic. But my wife could die, and the baby die too, if I don't speed a little bit getting to the hospital. So <clears throat> there's no rule that is absolute. There's no rule that is crystal. They take, the, they take religion, and they crystallize it, and they write books about it, and people try to be it, and it's really... A mess. So is democracy. So is economy. So are all these things. We have to look at rules as, you know, it, it's like I say, it's easy for people to say rules are meant to be broken, but I guess that's kind of it. It's like rules are, rules are out there to, to kind of be guides, but the real, you know, if you didn't have rules, you know, they say if you didn't have rules, you'd have anarchy. Well, I don't think. I think if everybody on this planet 
had access, easy access, to everything that they need, it would be like there would be no anarchy. You know, it's like uh, anarchy is when, uh, you know, the, the entire body of water overtakes the bathtub. <laughs> you know, your bathtub is full, but uh, when there's a flood, water becomes higher than your bathtub. And so the bathtub is insignificant. It's full under the body of water. So that's that's kind of like when I see anarchy. Anarchy is is flooded away. There's no there's no possibility of anarchy when the flood of people's sustenance overtakes the few that have power or sustenance or whatever in their own hands. When everybody's got it, nobody nobody has it. Everybody has it. Yeah, well, maybe um, I, I understand the car metaphor very much, and I'll uh, upgrade that or dispel that, upgrade that to maybe remembering a future of having the next baby birthed in the Earth ship on, in rainwater. Yeah, we were ha- when we set up the birth, my wife birthed our first baby in, uh, at our house, where our place we were renting in Encinitas. And uh, we had a body, of, we had that bath ready, and it wasn't working, and I was pretty grateful it didn't, because after like after thinking about after all the whole chaotic situation, the chaotic miracle, I was like, man, I'm happy she her first exposure to the world wasn't in the fluorine fluoride chlorine water, <laughs> and then we didn't really bathe her for a very long time. All right, well, <laughs> um, so what's the best place other than the app? Is there like a certain website if people are ready like? They, if they felt like they catch, they caught the virus and they want to learn what to do with it? Well, <clears throat> there is a website called earthship.com, and it presents the app, and it presents an academy. We're in the middle of an academy right now where we, we just have courses on, on the pragmatic aspect of this, but we touch on the, the, you know, the inspiration of it, if anybody's interested. Uh, some people just only want the pragmatic, and some want to know where the pragmatic came from. So, it's the app. Uh, it's Earthship.com, and it's uh, it's the academy. So, we're just doing it, and there there are a lot of uh, documentaries out there too that uh, have been really delivering uh, information to people. So, uh, I think it's it's sort of something that everybody is looking for we don't want it to be too defined we if people are looking for water they're going to find it here thanks thanks for that and uh finally just on the since you're such an open book and i'm curious about your perspective on some of these things we've talked about all kinds of taboo topics on previous interviews from polyamory to psychedelics to god to death but the one that seems the most controversial, and um, I don't know, you can talk about how you want it, but what is, you know, for the future children, uh, for instance, my daughter hasn't been vaccinated. Wh- what is your opinion on that, if any? Well, I, I don't think I know enough about medicine and everything to know uh, uh, whether somebody should get vaccinated or not. I just don't think I know enough. But I do 
think that, you know, doctors try to get you to get flu shots and rickets shots and and there's there's a lot out there trying to get people to do stuff. I do think uh, that that the less is more in that respect. But you know, you can't say that in terms of penicillin. You know, has saved a lot of people and. And the polio vaccine has saved a lot of people. I mean, you just have to get, you have to use these things with uh, with with an, uh, uh, some kind of um, int- I don't know when I don't like the word intelligence, but some kind of uh, guidance because you know it's like it's like I'd say all of these things like vaccinations and things like that they're a little bit like the sun. You know, the sun will kill you. And, you know, if you communicate it with it, it'll say right up front the truth. You go naked in the Sahara Desert for five days, I'll kill you. Or you dig a snow cave facing south in Canada, and I'll save you. I think vaccinations are the same way. They're like, they're in a way the scientific truth, but you can take vaccinations too far and get up and get killed. Or you can not do them at all and get killed you got to do the dance all the way through all of this yeah well i guess it it does seem like the side effect of uh life is death for every human that's lived and uh i appreciate you bringing more awareness to how to be more happy through the dance of it okay thanks yeah man all right all right (laughs) thank you mike This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.